0: No Everybody, Norm over here, and my buddy Guy King is doing this podcast with us. Guy's one of the great players, great singers, right out of Chicago. Um, just plays incredible blues, plays incredible blues with a jazz feel, sings great. And he was born in Israel, and it's amazing how he got a love for the blues. Went to Chicago, studied under some great people, and now he is a great solo artist on his own. So check it out. Hey, that's the great Guy King over here. And uh, Guy is one of my favorite guitar players, and he plays a lot of different styles of the blues. And the blues doesn't have to just be three chords. there can be voicings. there can be all kinds of stuff. And uh, who, who were you listening to when you first got into uh, R&B and blues?
1: Uh, first getting into the blues, and the reason I picked up a guitar, not too many people know that, was actually Eric Clapton. Was uh-huh. The reason I picked up the guitar, I was, used to play clarinet in an orchestra as a kid. Oh, all right. So I was exposed to a lot of music, you know, classical and uh, orchestral and older jazz. And uh, I heard Clapton play, and through Eric Clapton, through the classic rock, uh, Layla and Wonderful Tonight and Cocaine and uh, Sunshine of Your Love with Cream. Uh, as we all know, he loved uh, he loved the blues. So I had a compilation CD that uh, my older brother had. And there was uh, further on up the road on that and rambling on my mind. And looking on the credits, at the credits I saw that one was by Robert Johnson, was one was by Freddie King. And I started tracing things, leading me to BB King and Albert King. Through BB and Albert and Freddie King, I learned of T-Bone Walker and Robert Johnson. And I started taking the trip and Lightning Hopkins. Uh, but I would say that Albert and BB King, uh, uh, Albert King, BB King, and Albert King are probably at that vein of the electric blues. I would say were my biggest. Uh, Influences. I got into uh, Albert Collins later a lot too. I played with Albert for a while. With Albert Collins. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Albert was
0: something else, you know. So, uh, and he, you know, the thing that was kind of cool about Albert Collins, it wasn't just like, you know, a lot of times with BB, other than the thrill is gone, a, a lot of it is slow blues, shuffle, slow blues, shuffle. And then thrill is gone was probably one of the most different things that he did. Yeah. and uh, But with uh, Albert Collins, I mean, he would play like funk and yeah. be playing blues over funk, and it was really cool because, I mean, yeah. he was super energetic. He would have, like, this uh, extra-long guitar chord before there was a lot of the chordless stuff, right. and he'd go out into the audience, and sometimes he'd go out in front of a nightclub, mm-hmm. and he'd be there playing outside with a, an elongated chord, and he'd be out there doing his thing, bringing people into the club. yeah. And uh, so he was really great, but you know some of the stuff that you do. I mean, you know, guy plays a lot of the straight blues stuff, but he also knows chord voicings and things like that. So it's kind of you know the jazz blues in a way too. So Bobby yeah. Bland and uh, you know uh, Little Milton is another one of my favorites. And yeah. and so you uh, you were in Israel.
1: And I was born and raised. So the the Clapton getting into music was was in Israel still right. and. Uh, I worked, I was in a, I was born and raised in a small village. I had like sixty eight families in the town. Uh-huh. So and saved money and uh bought my first guitar. Uh my first electric. I started playing nylon string and acoustic.
0: What was the availability of guitars back there in Israel? It must have been pretty slim, right?
1: We my oldest brother, he was playing guitar. My old my second oldest was playing guitar. Um, uh, my oldest one would play clarinet, my sister played piano, we all played So he had the nylon string at home, and he had an acoustic, and there was an electric guitar that was, like, funny. It was one of those Sears guitars with no brand name, but Uh it played enough to make a little noise, you know? So uh, I remember my father taking me to the city. It was a big project, you know, for Uh a country boy. And my first guitar was a black Fender Stratocaster because of Eric Clapton. Uh So uh, that was my first instrument, and... uh, a little bit, I started I didn't have an amp, you know, so I just played. I still practice, by the way, without an amp. So, well,
0: one thing uh, that's kind of cool about what Guy does is, um, you know, instead of using a pick, and you use a pick from time to time, but it's mostly, anymore. it's now strictly it's only, all, all, all fingers. All, thumb, yeah. all fingers of thumb. And uh, the reason for that is?
1: I played with a pick when I was a member of Willie Kent's lead guitarist. I did play with a pick. Uh, I st- stopped liking it very much gigging every night at the clubs and venues you know you play a lot you play every night uh, three four hours at the clubs and you come you come up with your own feel after a while you know and the I was playing, and I ended up chewing on my pick more than I was playing with it. Really? So, yeah, and I'm like, okay, every night I would just have to replace a pick because half of the gig, it would be in my mouth while I played with my fingers. Well,
0: the sound of flesh on the strings is a little warmer, different kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, I could you know, show so. it later,
1: too. It's a totally different thing. Yeah. And also, I feel like the way that I grab the instrument with my hand, uh-huh. it's, it's more, it's closer to me than if I had to play with a pick. And like this, with the thumb... It's like, it's a part so that's of That's with me, the volume you know. turned down. They, that's year, with no so. volume.
0: So you can kind of sit on a couch and kind of play guitar. And, and, and these days, I remember when I first met you, you were mainly using like a Tele, right?
1: Oh, exclusively, no. Yeah. Pretty much, I had, and it was one guitar. I had one guitar. I had uh-huh. one Telecaster. In 1975, yeah. that I liked very much. And I would I would play with it. I would tour with it. That was the one guitar I held. Then I got a little money from gigging, and I got a backup. A fifty-two reissue. That was my number in case something happens. It's good to have. Right. And uh, I came to you the first time we were, we connected, and uh, I I asked if I could play guitar, and you said of course. And I I took down Les Paul. I, I started hearing a different sound in my mind, you know, uh-huh. and uh, wanted something a little bit wider. Instead of just cutting through.
0: And now you're doing like 335s a lot. Right?
1: Almost, yeah. I'm still, we talking. I was interested in last fall. We talked about a around yep. and all the mm-hmm. 50s style. But uh, I love the 3 the 335. It's given me a lot of what I hear in my head. You know? So if
0: you were stuck on a desert island with Give one a guitar and an amp, 335. Give yeah, I'd 335. say the same. I mean, that's one of the most versatile guitars you can have. Because you can play everything from jazz to country to blues to rock it's to almost er- everything there is. You know it's you know a very what versatile I versatile like it too?
1: You know, I'm a husband and a father to a little girl. I can sit on the couch at night when the girls are sleeping and enjoy every note, you know? You can feel the guitar vibrating. Uh There's more volume acoustically than there is uh, playing a solid body guitar. And it's not huge. You know, it's still a narrow guitar. That's you know, we're you
0: we're both really good friends with our buddy Joe Bonamassa. Mm-hmm. And Joe, um, he calls 335s the burst buster. The burst killer.
1: The ki- burst killer. Our burst you, killer.
0: Yeah. Uh, because they, you know, because there's part acoustic, uh, you know, sound coming off of it, it, it actually, you know, just has so much oomph to it, you know, and, and all the great, Blues players, I mean, you know, from B.B., Freddie, Freddie um, you
1: know. Little Milton. Little Milton, like one so of my Freddie favorites, you know. 30.
0: I mean, uh, you know, it's just, and the humbucking pickups, you know, the double coils, they just have a warmer, fatter sound. Yes. So um, what uh, what Guy's holding right now is just the reissue From the warm, took it off the
1: wall. Yeah,
0: but it's, uh, it's a nice playing, sounding guitar, and uh, you like the feel of these necks, right?
1: Yes, I don't. You know, it's the body. It's funny because it's coming from a Telecaster. I wanted a Paul because of the size, because it was pretty much the same size as smaller body. Right. And I, you told me when I came, what about three thirty-five? And then I talked to Joe to one of my he was like, uh, you know, you sure you don't want to try three thirty-five? And and people in Chicago, they were always surprised that I never tried it. And I'm like. Yeah, it's I the said, blues I don't, guitar I, of choice but by I most people yeah maybe that's why I didn't want I felt like it was like it was somewhat it was so done and wow. everybody played it and I thought it's a softer guitar like you can you explore the jazzy side I didn't know it can hit as hard oh, as it yeah. did and all of a sudden I tried one and I was like oh my goodness this fits me perfectly and you, I could get my own feeling with it
0: well, our buddy Albert Collins, he was a guy who used almost exclusively a Telecaster. That's true, and he made it sound fantastic. And and again, of it, a lot of it is in the hands of the player, mostly, and yes. also how you adjust your amp and how you adjust yep. your guitar. Definitely, and you can dial it in, you know. But each thing, you know, every guitar makes you play differently. I mean, you know, you you, you know, when you play a Fender guitar, you play it a certain way. When you play a Gibson, when you play a thick body jazz guitar, you yeah. play that. You know, it it all you kind of adjust to it I yeah. mean, auto- automatically kind yeah. of you know you don't uh, you don't think about it much but you just do it yeah so you're back in Israel and then what brought you to Chicago how did you uh, was that like a first stop or was that no uh,
1: uh, it was uh, I came as a part of as a tour musician when I was 16 years old for uh, for a long summer tour of four months around the United States and Canada with who it was a band. I was mostly singing in a band. It's like a, a singing group of oh. uh, five uh, boys and five girls, teenage. And they were supposed to represent Israel through the United States and Canada. Was it
0: cappella or uh, was it with no, music? No, there was
1: backing track, believe it or not. Oh, really? And when there were not, I would take an acoustic guitar and a nylon string, actually. that you were the orchestra. Me, And I was the orchestra of the of the singers. So I'm mostly a vocalist. And we like dance, move, and the whole thing. It was like a band, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, See, I love music. The blues is something I got into later, and now I'm, I wouldn't say I'm getting out of it, but I'm, I love music. You know me enough. I'm incorporating stuff, the things that actually influenced me, was a part of me before I got so heavy into blues and jazz and this area of the music, too. Out of love, out of natural. Uh, attraction to music, you know, so. there's
0: Two kinds of music, good, good and, and ba- bad. And this is the bottom <laughs> line. So, so people
1: say, oh, you play the blues. Wow, well, you play other things. I'm like, I do not play the blues. B- blues is music, just like uh, any other music, you know. It's just, it's deep and it has roots and it has soul, and that's the thing that I care about music. Well, you know what? You guys probably
0: are saying, no, money, you shut up and let Guy play a little bit. Can you do? I mean, I'm going to just throw something at him that I heard him do. I hope you're prepared. Uh, can you do huh? a little of this seesaw for me? You know, I love that tune. It's a Don uh, Covey tune, and I love the way you play it and sing uh-huh. it. And it's just one of those really cool tunes. So, seesaw, Don Covey.
1: I'll give you a little bit.
2: Sometimes you love me Like a good mama I too Sometimes you treat me so bad My tears run like water First you get me up Right in front of your friend But then you disown me baby Till we're alone again Your love is like a sea song Your love is like a seasong, baby Your love is like a seesaw. I'm going up, down, all around like a seasong
0: that's so cool. Great groove, great R&B. Yeah. Um, you know, just Don Covey, the Stones kind of recognized how yeah. good he was, and they cut a bunch of his tunes. And, uh, you know, he was just one of my favorite a little bit more obscure R&B guy, but he had a lot of great tunes. Yeah,
1: well, the B part is great. I heard, the, the truth is, I first heard that song done by Aretha Franklin, and uh-huh. I loved it. And that kind of had me trace it back to him.
0: A lot of people kind of, you know, a, a lot. And we were talking about like Eric Clapton and all that, you know. And a lot of those people found the Black American blues and R&B artists, and uh, they were kind of being ignored in America at at That's one point what I there. Hear, yeah. And then, uh, you know. These guys discovered all these people and, uh, you know, uh, Bobby, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Bobby Womack, um, yeah. you know, all, all these other, um, you know, guys at the Stones found tunes, you know, like the last time, all kinds of stuff. Um, uh, there were tunes that they did. um There was an Irma Franklin tune that they did. I mean, they were just kind of looking through these obscure—they must have got, like, these obscure record bins and just kind of went through all this stuff and tried to find tunes that are, you know, time is on my side, things like that. That was not their original tune. And they were looking for that, and they emulated it, and they did a good job, and Mm -hmm. they added a lot of attitude towards what they did. And uh, Mick is, uh, you know, great singer and is uh, in his own way, very stylized. Um, you know, uh, Keith also was just, you know, always searching for that thing. So a lot of people thought it was their tunes, but they were really you yeah. know, playing a lot of, you know, American artists that were kind of being neglected, yeah. brought them back to life, gave them a chance to resurrect their careers yeah. and all that kind of stuff. Yeah.
1: Get their own recognition here, where they came from too. So,
0: and and a lot of the other stuff that you do, I know you're very heavily uh, influenced by Ray Charles. Um, You know his his piano voicings and uh, you know all that kind of stuff. Tell us a little bit about that. So
1: you asked me about uh, about being in Israel. I came here at 16 as a traveling band. Returned, finished high school, did three years in the army and the military, and came back because of my love for music. So I started my route in Memphis, Tennessee then in New Orleans, and then I took...
0: Well, you went to all the right places, you yeah, got a that's good... I,
1: uh, yeah, so I stayed in Memphis for a while, I took a bus down, I decided to, to head out of town. It was an interesting story. The night before I, I had a, a bus ticket to go from Memphis to New Orleans, uh, I was invited to sit in at a place called Wild Bills, uh-huh. which was a real juke joint. I think it still is there. It's not on Beale Street, it's a juke joint. And I sat in with the house band, and I remember doing an Albert King song and taking the breaks and, you know, and the owner came to me after it says, I'm like, you got the gig. I'm like, what gig? I was really shy. I, you know, I, uh-huh. I was green. He said, every Saturday night you can leave the house band. We love you here. I'm like, I have I have a bus ticket tomorrow. But just uh, the, the embrace that I felt, you know, because you come into a new town, you don't know anybody. In my case, a new territory, a new country. So knowing that, they were feeling it and know that it was good. those little things give you encouragement around the you know along the way, yep. so I started feeling better, heading to New Orleans, started embracing myself in more music and in the streets and then uh wanted something a little bit bigger and uh just to change you know, and I headed up north to to Chicago I took a train actually with a guitar in the suitcase and right. came to Chicago
0: well you know I mean all those places that you talked about Memphis um you know has its own kind of soul and that's and why all that. I came there you New know? Orleans got its own thing in that second line stuff yep. you know I mean I love all those but New players. Orleans
1: is also a great uh is a homo jazz not just uh, oh yeah the beats no, you know the funk so and then in Chicago you know those places, you know, it was hard for me in Israel to get a record, to get a CD. Like, I had to, when I heard of Albert King, which was like, nobody knew who he was there. B.B.S., you knew about him mm-hmm. because he he was more right. famous worldwide. But, so, I knew that Albert, you know, was Albert Nelson because of the liner notes and changed his name to King because King became a popular stage stage name. And I, I started to know, wow, well, that was in Memphis. And I started knowing about Stacks and B.B. King made his name in Memphis. So, that was the reason I started my route in Memphis. New Orleans. I knew about the history of the music. Same thing. Came to Chicago, and by then I was exposed already to T-Bone Walker and Gatemouth Brown, and my vocabulary uh-huh. became bigger. The music vocabulary. Also about Booker T. and the M.G.s. I always liked soul. I always liked Elvis too, and Buddy Holly and Little Richard. Sure. Uh, it was things that I liked, you know. And I came to Chicago, and all of a sudden, I get a Ray Charles compilation album, and I remember that as a kid. I heard this on the radio. Georgia was played on the radio in the afternoon when I came from school. And I had a good friend, which a a bass player, that showed me my first chords on the guitar. And his parent, he had a Ray Charles album that his mother and father used to listen to. Mm -hmm. So I hear it, and I come to, and I'm telling you the truth now, so people will know that. And I come to try to play the songs because it feels so friendly, right, Ray Charles? And all of a A sudden, you understand that I'm trying to play, and I'm like, what's going on? This doesn't fit. It doesn't sound good. I'm like, wait a minute. So it's kind of like, whoop my behind, should we say? And I'm like, hey, I should like uh, listen a little bit. So I went out and got this big, big five album set and just started going through from the beginning of it. It really spoke to me, and I heard things that I, I didn't feel. And so people tell me, oh, you influenced by this guy, this guy. I said, no. Uh, just the other night, the guitarist player asked me. So, but this voicing is from him. I said, no, it's not. It's from listening to Ray Charles and then knowing that Ray heard Nat Cole. So I went back and listened now to Nat Cole say, and Charles they Brown. They were both
0: fantastic uh, piano players. And Charles Brown, actually, I knew a little bit. And, uh, you know, it was funny. Uh, I Somebody told me that Charles was playing in Hollywood one time. And uh, he was playing at this uh, hotel in the bar in the hotel. And I said, the Charles Brown? And they said, Yeah and he was fantastic yeah. um, and I went and saw him and the next day I had a buddy named Ted Green who was like one of the great guitar players yeah. in LA he was uh, he played all kinds of stuff um, uh, but his knowledge of chord voicings and all that was unbelievable and I called, I called Ted and I said Ted you're coming with me tonight and Ted was kind of a recluse and Ted goes uh, uh, well you know I don't really I, yeah. I said <laughs> Ted you're coming with me tonight you better be ready because I'm coming to pick you up and I dragged his ass out there and it was an Experience because I mean, Charles Brown was you know a, a big influence on Ray,
1: a big actually. You him know, and Nat really, Cole were yeah. maybe, maybe, were the biggest, but also like pianists like Errol Garner, Oscar yep. Peterson, uh, Winton Kelly those are people that I was introduced to. Jimmy McGriff, the Oregon player, sure. I learned a lot, a lot of the things that I do. Uh, I mostly was I learned by ear, those people in the formative years when I first came were very big. All of a sudden, hearing chords and hearing songs that spoke to me, and I realized that I did not know how they went, and I didn't like like the feeling of, I like the song, I want to play it, I can't. So I just sat with that record and started like hearing a line and trying to figure out what it was. You know. Well, you
0: got to kind of, you know, like especially on the stuff that's orchestrated, you kind of kind of pick and choose what. Of You can't do all the violin parts. You can't do all the horn and other thing parts. So what you got to do is you got to pick the best of that kind of makes that tune sound like it's supposed to sound. So do me a favor, uh, guy, do something a little bit with a more Ray type feeling Ah, in there, you know, just so that people hear, you know, what we're talking about. A little bit more of the voicings and stuff. And you got like some of these guitar voicings from like piano voicings, right?
1: Exclusively.
0: There you go. So guys, show us a little of that Ray type feeling stuff, and
1: of course, so a lot of that stuff was uh the nice stuff with the beat, but I always liked the slow songs too, so because with the slow, you really get get the feeling more, you know, yep. uh, ballads and stuff like that. so I'll do something like this so you can see a little bit of what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm.
2: So I know baby I know oh, Hallelujah I just love her so Let me tell you about a girl I know She's my baby and she lives next door Before the sun comes up She brings me coffee In my favorite cup That's why I know Well, and I know Hallelujah, I just love her so When I'm in trouble And I have no friend I know she'll go with me Until the end Everybody asks me how I know I smile at them and says she told me so That's why I know Well, and I know oh, Hallelujah, I just love her so and When I call her on the telephone And tell her that I'm all alone By the time I count from one to four I hear her on my door In the evening when the sun goes down When there's nobody else around She kisses me and she holds me tight Says, guy king, everything's alright, that's why I know will and I know, hallelujah I just love her so Hallelujah I just love her so She's my little woman way cross town. Yes, she
1: is. No.
0: Hey, that's the great Guy King. We're going to take a little break, and we're going to be back in just a few minutes. I love Guy's playing, and I love the singing. And, uh, you know, for those of you who don't know Guy King, you need to know him. He's one of Joe's favorites. He's one of Josh Smith's favorites, one of Kirk Fletcher's favorites. He's just one of the guys that uh, needs to be more and more well-known. And uh, so I'm so happy to bring him to you. Uh, thank you guys for listening to our podcast. Thank you for watching. The uh, podcast on the All Guitar Network, which is for free, and uh, you know it's just uh, one of the great pleasures of my life to be able to do this. And I hope you guys appreciate it, and we love you guys for listening. So thank you very much. We'll be right back.
2: Hallelujah, I just love us so. Hallelujah, I just love us so.
0: guy king and i'm so happy to bring him to you he's one of the guys that you really need to know and we're going to talk about him being uh living in chicago and uh how he kind of got accustomed to the u.s and the u.s ways and all that kind of stuff so uh guy thank you for coming and doing this thank you for having and uh you know i love doing this mm-hmm. so uh check it out the great guy king Guy you know guy is very used to uh playing with a band and he's doing all his thing uh you kind of have to kind of imagine the band with horns and mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff behind him because 'cause he's got a big band and uh how many pieces do you play with normally
1: now uh the, the rhythm section is now the strongest uh, the drum bass and keyboards is is the core of the group and uh in the largest show I had a horn section which is uh sometimes it goes crazy, but for the majority of the part there's a tenor and a trumpet uh-huh. Added to the to the rhythm section and myself on vocals and guitar.
0: Cool. Do you ever use a Barry sax? I always love the Barry. You know, on
1: recordings, sax- I do, yeah. but live, only on really larger shows, I would add another trumpet and a Barry uh-huh. to to the forces.
0: Okay. So how uh, you know getting used to living in uh, the states? What was that like for you? Was that a big culture uh, change? It for was you? a
1: huge thing, though. You know, I again, I was. Israel is small. And the little village I grew up in was 68 families or so. Well, like a few, five villages of about that many families altogether. So coming here, the roads were huge. The trucks were bigger. The food was bigger. Everything music was, was louder. Like, the music was loud. And, you know, I, I knew a lot of music from listening to, to albums in Israel. But having a chance, I remember I came at 16 and they let me come to BB King Clubs inside because they told them I was really into the music and they made an exception and brought me in and seeing people play on the street I did not I was not exposed to hearing live music I mean uh uh rock and rhythm and blues and blues I did not hear that I heard orchestral I heard pop music which was great actually for harmony and melodies the uh, the local music scene in Israel in like the 70s and 80s uh early 90s were really, was really developed. So it was really beautiful. A lot of influences of Brazilian music, of, of the Beatles, of music here from the States. But having a chance to kind of smell the Mississippi and see people yeah. on the street playing and some of those performances were actually at Baptist churches. So I got to experience that firsthand and listen to it and immerse myself in it and kind of understanding firsthand, not with a book, how things happen, you know, and you I... You gotta live the blues. It's not... Music in general is from the people. It's from the views, I think. From from what you see, from what you smell, from what you eat. So having a chance to walk in the streets, I got certain ideas, you know, from the music. And again, having a chance to see it live all of a sudden uh, was a big thing. I came to the States, and th- th- there's music every night at clubs. That's something i you know oh, yeah. i i didn't take it for granted going to a record store norm and being able to find anything you want you know not just order it and maybe get it a month later it's different now you know it's not like i'm i'm very old but Internet was not available yeah, The beauty then, of the internet
0: know? is that you can find almost anything. It wasn't I mean, like I, this then, you know. You know, when I was a kid, um, looking for a lot of the R and B stuff that I used to love, um, you had to go to the other side of town, you know, to kind of yeah, go through yeah. the record stores to get some of the more obscure R and B stuff because the regular record stores had like a top forty thing and they had the usual suspects. But yeah. you know, if you wanted something a little more obscure, you had to dig deep. Now you just type it in on the internet and it yeah, comes and right up. You get six
1: results. You know, you can pick which one you want.
0: So, you know, speaking of the internet, um, how do people find you on the internet?
1: Well, you can see me online on my website. It's guyking.net. You can see a lot of information, hear a lot of music, see videos, uh, a couple are from here too, I think, that we did together. And uh, see the tour dates, where I'm at, and uh, know what I do. And uh, soon I'll make an announcement. I've been uh, working on a new album with some wonderful things I'm very proud of, and uh, some of the best music I've ever written will be on this uh, album. Very cool. So I'm sure we'll have a chance to talk. And you know, the other day we were that.
0: in the store, and Joe Bonamassa, our buddy, was in, and mm-hmm. actually Sarah Rogo, who is like a really yeah. talented young gal who uh, works at the store from time to time, She's very talented as well. Um, we were all in, and uh, Joe always loves guys playing, and did a little video together. Earlier. You
1: said it too earlier that uh, Joe loves my playing, and Josh Smith, and and Kirk Fletcher, and I just I was playing, so I couldn't put my two cents in. But my the feeling is mutual, you know, having a chance to to interact and talk to the guys who are friends now, yeah, like uh, like Kirk Fletcher and and Josh Smith and Joe Bonamassa, and Joe and I were at the store. Uh, just hanging. Actually, I was here for a few days to perform, and had a chance to see him uh, performing shows at the Back Baked Potato, which is rare.
0: By the way, that band that he's playing with, the Rock Candy Fun yeah. Party, that keyboard player—and I mean the whole band—was yeah. ridiculously good. Mm-hmm. But that keyboard player is from Brazil. Yeah, and rhythmically, it was like just ridiculously cool. I mean it was kind of like Headhunters or uh, you know Herbie Hancock or no, it was really something. Cool. I mean you know when they when I first heard them a number of years ago it was sort of you know kind of like a disco funk party with Joe mm-hmm. playing kind of blues over the stuff. It has evolved and it is so cool and so funked out. I enjoyed it. You know, it It was was crazy. And that uh, towel, the drummer. And And Mike uh, Merritt, who played with me on the show. Mike is a great bass player and uh, his other guitar player. He was great too. uh, Ronda Jesus Mm -hmm. was really good. So, I mean, that's a band that I really think needs to be seen more because it really allows Joe to just kind of step out and just rip. And he does uh, in that band. That whole band completely rips. So, uh, you know, we got to see him in a tiny club called the Baked Potato here yeah. in Los Angeles. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's, it's an experience. I mean, you're practically sitting right on top of the band. Yeah. And, uh, you know, but it's, it's Yeah, but for me, special. like, I have a
1: chance to, like, spend time together as friends and because... Like, I look up to, I admire their playing, too, you know, Josh oh, yeah. and Kirk. So it, it's a good feeling, you know. Kirk was out of town because he was overseas. But, He's uh, in Europe now. Yeah, but uh, ch- hanging with Josh and uh, hanging with, with Joe this uh, past weekend, we had a chance to talk about things and uh, music and guitar and personal life, and it's great. So my respect to them is uh, it's a mutual admiration and respect, uh-huh. you know. And
0: your wife is a terrific singer, too.
1: One of the best I ever heard in my life. Not because she's my wife. I actually said it before we were uh, we were together. Really a wonderful vocalist. Uh, my wife uh, is Sarah Marie Young, and uh, she's uh, just one of the best voices, if not the best I heard, what she can do Where with a voice. Where is she from? She was born and raised in Indianapolis, Indiana, uh-huh. the home of West Montgomery, to the ones who don't know. Yep. But uh, she was born and raised there and then uh, came to Chicago and uh, studied voice. She was you know, uh, trained to be, to sing classical and opera, and then decided that she had a love for a lot of other music. She is a songwriter, too, so she writes uh, a lot of different music. She studied jazz, and she knows the whole American songbook. Won uh, the the Montreux Jazz Vocal Competition by Quincy Jones. He was the judge. He won that, and she performs on her own right. We do certain collaborations together as well. And, uh, yes, yeah, she's just a great singer, a great musician, really.
0: Great. And you have a little girl that you just had. We have
1: a baby daughter, Rachel. She's two and a half years old at the moment. And we are very proud of her and loving of her. And, you know, and life is uh Life is life.
0: All right, well listen, now that we've talked,
1: I know you guys are going, "We
0: well, normally you shut up and let guy play. What can you play for us? You know, something a little different, maybe uh
1: maybe I should play the guitar a little bit, right?" Well,
0: whatever you want to do yeah. or if you want to sing another one, that's good too. Whatever makes you feel good. All right. Cuz it makes
1: us all feel good. Uh, thank you. Thank you for having me, now. My pleasure. <laughs>
2: I will be better off
0: King killing it, how can music make you feel good and bad at the same time? You know, that's huh?
1: what's special, you know, I am singing. I sing a, a slow blues so you can, you know, because we talked about the blues and, for example, you could tell that it's, it was blues to me, you know, oh, yeah. And uh, but there were things musically that you you shouldn't put in just to put in, that's, that's that's a misconcept, you know, people say you have to make it more complicated, you don't, earlier I played a one chord song, I could do it later again, and I'm going to feel it just the same. But sometimes I sing a certain note, and it makes me feel a certain feeling, and I try to do the same with the guitar. So it could be with a single note if I feel it, or it could be with a chord to give you a back... I call it like a backdrop of what I'm saying. That's all it is. It's just a color or another word if you would like to use. You know, uh-huh. That's all it is.
0: So when you're playing, I mean, how much... Is I mean because a a lot of what you do is you know pretty deep and you know it's uh, you know some of it's very complicated some of it is very simple. How much of it do you actually think about, or is it just strictly whatever happens to come to you at the at the time?
1: I don't think about it, but it's a tricky thing because. To not think about it, you have to, and this I'm telling to people who maybe don't, uh, maybe ones who begin or one that did not spend enough time with the instrument or with music. In order to not think about it, you have to think about it a lot at home, which means there's no substitution to practicing your instrument and listening to music. This is a form of practicing, too. Uh, It's the fun form, you know. Playing your instrument and coming up with things Uh, at home or wherever it is that you practice, is what's going to allow you the freedom to do things without thinking because you know the position. You know, I know what it's going to sound like when I play this note. I know what it's going to sound like when I decide to bend a note with vibrato or without, uh, but I know it because I sit with my instrument or listen to other people do it, and uh, there's no substitution for it. Talent is great, but talent without nourishing it and putting it into action will not. Uh, so will not it's
0: like kind of building up your vocabulary. If you have enough really words, it. you know when to put them in and when not. Yes. You know, and that kind of thing. And you yes. kind of ad lib it. But it all comes from all this basic knowledge that you've worked on and all that that yeah. you've developed and you've got stored in the back of your head. Of right?
1: course, and in your heart too. You know, then then you can connect the dots. You know, uh, people say, oh, the blues, you should not play fast wrong oh you should only you shouldn't play slow it's boring wrong there are words there's yes and no and there are fancy words there are uh, short sentences and long sentences and it depends of the way that i choose to express myself or you choose to express yourself music is the same thing and it's style is does not matter and uh speed and tempo do not matter the feeling at the end is what prevails you know (laughs)
0: Guy, there's one tune that you do that's on one of your records that I've always dug. And, uh, you know, you have to kind of imagine the horns and the voicings and all this. But it's just a really cool Ray Charles tune. It's called The Same Thing. And I always dug your version of it. Thank Could you, you do a little bit of that Ooh. for me? I, I don't want to screw gonna, you up. You yeah. are a
1: little bit, but I love you. So right. we're
0: gonna So uh, Norm, screwing up as guests. I do it every week. I do my best. So let me throw <laughs> you a curve. The great guy king. Let's hear whatever happens, happens, okay? All right, I'll try. The same
2: thing. I'll try. Everything's okay I wasn't worried about nothing at all Drinking and laughing and having a ball uh. But now I'm broke and got a cent Party's over, I ain't paid my rent See, the same thing, the same thing The same thing that will make you laugh, make you cry I had a woman, a pretty thing made me believe I was the only man. One day, she sent me to the grocery store. I ran off to the guy next door. Salted tears uh, came up my eyes, a pain so deep I can't describe. See, the same thing, the same thing, the same thing that will make you laugh, make you cry. The same thing, the same thing, the same thing that will make you laugh, make you cry. Yeah, yeah. Um.
0: Norm screwing up the great Guy King, but that is a great tune, and I love your version of it. One of my favorite tunes, and all those things. You know that line, that that Man playing it hey, by himself without the That's the horn like, yeah. line, yeah. And it's a really big thing, and it kind of you know, and kind of the time drops for a second, then it goes back into it. Here, so. you got
2: the, the. I love it. You see, you're right. Now I'm broken, gotta sin. Party's over ain't pay my rent. See the same thing, the same thing. The same thing that will make you laugh, make you cry.
0: Very, very cool. So uh, I got to just say, it's my pleasure having Guy King over here. And he, you know, he takes the blues to so many other directions. And uh, again, he's not just the blues artist. He's an artist and singer in a lot of different respects. But I mean, I love his feel on the blues. And, uh, you know, it's just uh, some of these people that you may not know, you really need to know. And he's one of them and uh, guy king again people can find you online where again
1: my website guyking.net Guyking. uh, king guy king that is
0: spelled net. Uh, you know some of the people that listen to this show can't spell to it it's g y
1: g u y k i n g
0: okay so uh, just in case uh, you have a little trouble spelling, I know a few people that do, uh, I just want you to be aware, but the guy, great Guy King is one of my favorites and one of the favorites of a lot of my really good guitar-playing friends, and you need to know him a little bit more. So we're going to take it out with just a little bit of an instrumental something, and I want to thank you guys for listening to the Norm's Jar Guitars podcast. We love you all. And I uh, hope that you uh, really uh, get a kick out of some of this. And you can see this for free the following week at the All Guitar Network. Uh, just go to the App Store, sign up for free, and you get your podcast. Obviously, you're listening to it. So, wherever you would get your podcasts Apple, Spotify, wherever. Thank you guys again for listening. Thank you, Guy, for doing it. Thank you, my so buddy. Much. All right. Take us out. All right. Thank you, Guy. Love you, buddy.
1: Love you, too. Thank you, Nomi.
0: So uh, what we're playing here with the great Guy King, and this is a pretty pedestrian but a really good guitar. It's a 2003 ES335 neck reissue. Got some nice flame to it, mm-hmm. but just a really good playing and uh, something that is very... Um, Usable and very utility, and uh, you use one of these and a blonde one.
1: Yes, uh, I have a natural one and uh, and a sunburst too from the uh-huh. same from the early '80s, but it's it's a stock and it you just got it off the wall, just ready to go. just pull it down
0: go. and it plays good and sounds good. So you got that kind of that warm uh, buttery sound, and then and you and can, can get that real. Dead. That's in the middle. That's utilizing two pickups. Now, if you want to put a little bite on it. The that's, the, that's the bridge pickup, that's the bridge. you know, snarling away. And uh, so what more could you want? If you're stuck on a desert island, you need a guitar, obviously a dot neck 335 or and any it's 335. It's to hold, too. You know? Yeah, so keep you warm on a exactly. cold day exactly. and keep you cold on a
1: hot day. You know? yeah. So. And they're not too heavy, too. They're pretty lightweight because of Semi hollow,
0: mm-hmm. so they have a block of wood in there, so that kind of eliminates a lot of the feedback. Yes. So you can play. You get the acoustic properties and the electric properties. That's true. But one of the great all-time guitars, and uh, you know, there's all types of variations of this guitar, but none yeah. of them are bad. They're all cool.
1: I love them. This uh, this is my guitar of choice uh, in the last couple of years.
0: Alright, <laughs> uh, the great Guy King playing a neck 335 reissue. Thank you guys for listening. Please rate, review, and tell us what you like about our podcast. If you don't like anything, don't tell us. we are actually tell us so we can correct it. Anyhow, you can get us at Apple Podcasts or Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you're a guitar freak, you're going to love this show. we got some great guitar players coming up. If you're not a guitar freak, if you're just a freak, you'll still love this show. Thank you for listening.